Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. The Bundle of Joy is the newest addition to their family of vegan products. And today's episode is also brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com, helping parents everywhere with the right tools. Imani recently released the Imani I1 Dual Breast Pump. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com whenever you want. It's always there. And you can check the sponsor page if you need anything and see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com without checking our shop page and all of our cool merch that you can walk around town with um, Badass Breastfeeding Podcast and the logo with the baby with the giving the finger <laughs> that we all love. <laughs> yeah, somebody sent me a, or somebody sent us a picture from their, like a listener picture of their baby, um, you know, with their middle finger up while they were nursing. Mm, yes. It looked just like our logo. I was very excited yeah. about that. So <laughs> I loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> so I have our review of the week and it comes from our email. So this um, comes to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Diane and Abby, thank you so much for all the help and support you provide with the podcast. It was honestly life-changing for me during my pregnancy and still continues to be so helpful now that my baby girl Zoe is here. She's eight weeks old now. Um, this was a, f you know, a few weeks ago, so she's a little older than that now. But we are doing so well with nursing despite initially having to do triple feeds and have her lip tie released. My mom did not breastfeed me after initially having issues with my older sister and switching to formula and told me throughout my pregnancy that I could, I could try to breastfeed, but that it probably wouldn't work out. Girl, my mom said the same thing. I don't know if I would still be breastfeeding today had I not had all the knowledge and confidence I gained from listening to the podcast. I tell everybody I know who's expecting a baby or breastfeeding about it because I love it so much. I am now confident that we will be able to reach our goal of breastfeeding until she is at least two years old. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening while you were pregnant. I never realized, like when we first started this, um, however many years ago now, or 200 something episodes ago. Yeah, like I never realized like how how important I would think that it would be when you're pregnant. I mean, we we yeah. started out it was like, okay, we're you know, want to make sure we're giving information to parents that are, you know, that are um feeding their babies. But I really do feel like like I mean, prenatally like you can't get enough info and um there is a lot of info out there and some of it is just really not supportive. So, um it is good to get it where you can and if you're, you know, if you're comfortable getting it with a podcast, then that's awesome. Um, I mean, some people really like listening to podcasts and I think that's so much fun. Um, some people still like, you know, would rather read blogs or go on Facebook or social media or whatever, wherever you get your info, just make sure you're trusting that source. So thank you so much for putting that for us, for sending us an email. You can also put it on iTunes, which is really helpful if you're able to do that. And uh, yeah, now we're going to talk about like the total opposite. Like, yeah. Yeah, at the after end. After you've done breastfeeding. After yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah, and post-weaning depression is something that really isn't talked about. The last time I heard it being talked about was when we did an episode on it like three years ago. Yeah, we did an episode a long time ago on it. I yeah. mean, we've talked about, like, people talk about postpartum depression. Yes. This is not, this is different, sort it of. It is different, but it, postpartum yeah. depression even is something that, like, is still hard to get recognized and hard to get support for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and now, say, post-weaning depression, people, you know, a lot of people will say it doesn't even exist. You know, your doctor might say, oh, that's not a thing or that's not, you know. Um, I When I was seeing a therapist after Exley was born, I don't remember, like, exactly when it was, but I was talking about, like, um, uh, it wasn't really weaning stuff, but it was just, like, um, breastfeeding in general or something like that. And I mentioned something about it. And she's like, well, actually, you know, after, you know, you have your baby, your hormones should be all evened out by like six months. Oh my gosh. Come on. And I'm like, in what world does that statement even make sense? (laughs) No, I mean, we know that postpartum depression could like, that could affect you like a couple years in. Right. And hormones are evened out. Like when are your hormones ever even? First they're of never all? evened out. What is that ever. even a thing? How is that? <laughs> Maybe they're like, evened out for five minutes out? before you get to menopause. Like right. that's probably it. But And then yeah. they're all fucked up again. And then, so. yeah. I mean, your whole life is hormones. So right. like why? Like they, I don't think we even understand how much hormones affect our, our lives. But yeah, there's not really, you know. A time where you're like, okay, yeah, so that's not, so it's not hormones because like, that's not what's going on with me right now. No, that's always what's going on with people. Yeah. That's always a factor. And certainly with post weaning depression, which, you know, we say depression, but of course, depression can look all kinds of ways. I mean, people can experience a lot of anxiety. People can experience, um, you know, just generalized sadness, irritability, hopelessness, like difficulty concentrating. You just feel really weepy or you don't feel motivated to do things or you have like big swinging mood swings. Um, you know, this there's like endless amounts of of really like symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just really difficult to get the conversation going sometimes with a provider because they're like, what? No. That's not a or thing. Or they say, are or, you going to hurt your baby? Are yeah. Are you going to hurt your baby? Are you having suicidal thoughts? It's like, well, you can feel no. sad without having suicidal thoughts or without right. having thoughts. And that that just because I don't want to kill my baby doesn't mean that I'm not still needing some support. Right. Like, why is that the threshold? It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally insane. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. Really, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. So, I mean, but then when you get to post-weaning, like, it's hard to get somebody to um, acknowledge that there's postpartum mood stuff going on when mm-hmm. your baby's a month old, let alone after let your alone. baby's, you know, a year and a half and you're weaning. Like, that is, you know, that's rarely acknowledged by yeah. providers. Rarely acknowledged. And it's just, we need to, like, really bring that to the forefront. I have heard more... And when I say more, I mean, maybe like here and there, um, people have come to me handful of times to say things like, um, I've we I've been starting to wean or, you know, my baby's weaning and I'm having more headaches. Is that normal? Or my baby's weaning and I'm feeling kind of like nauseous. Is that normal? And it's like, there's a lot of hormonal stuff happening when you wean. And I know like oh, I was yeah. just saying like, oh my God, you're horrid. But when you're weaning, like you're, there's a lot, there's a lot of hormonal stuff happening. So yes, you might have headaches. You might feel off, but I think people don't expect to be depressed. Even when you plan to wean, even when it's been like 
you're fine with weaning. Like you're emotionally able to say, we're ready. I really believe my baby and I are ready for this. I feel fine with weaning. I'm ready. I'm glad I'm not pumping anymore. I'm good to go. And then you feel like totally crappy about it. But you're like, but I felt fine about weaning. Why am I so sad? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling, you know, it's, it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, and you think about like all of the struggles that people have and all of the things that we hear about, like, I'm so touched out. Like, I just want my body back. I just want like, you know, everyone to stop touching me. I wish I didn't breastfeed and breastfeeding is doing night is so hard and all this stuff. And then, you know, even sometimes even just thinking about weaning, people start crying. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're you're so tired of it and you're so sick of it. You don't want to do it anymore. But then the thought of not doing it is like. Yeah. Devastating. Yeah. And I mean, this so much of it comes from, I mean, this becomes especially, probably especially people listening to this podcast, because who sits around listening to breastfeeding podcasts, except for like people who are like really into breastfeeding. And like, it's probably become like a part of your identity. It certainly became my identity, mm-hmm. you know, as as you are breastfeeding and you're becoming like, you know, you just change, you get, you you find so much empowerment in it and you, all of this. And yeah. then, and then you, then you wean and, and like, you know, we have, uh, situations with like the hormones, of course. Um, but then what, uh, you know, do you have, you know, we talk about like, you know, the social, aspect of it is like you know do we have somebody to support us do we have anybody around us who can relate to us um and then we have probably guilt we're probably stressed and it's just in complete and an, an entire identity shift mm-hmm. i i always tell I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a zillion times, but it is really important to talk to a lactation consultant when you get close to weaning, especially if you're in a situation where you're not quite sure how to go about it, but you're ready. Um, Or if you think your, you know, your baby is showing signs of weaning and you're not sure like what you're supposed to do about that or whatever your situation might be, because you can't just stop because it does plummet your hormones so much. Um, so it is really, really helpful. And like, I think, I really think people don't want to talk to us about weaning because they think we're going to try to like force you into breastfeeding for another five years. That's not the case. Yeah. That really isn't the case. Um, we will do, at least I could speak for me. I don't know if I can speak for everybody, but we will do what, you know, whatever is going to make you happy. Whatever is going to be best for your life is what our plan, like is what our, you know, function is, is to help you with that. So if it is a weaning situation, then yes, we need to do it safely so that you don't, your hormones don't plummet into a different place where you're going, oh my God, what is happening? Um, but we, it is, it is really important to make sure that we're, you know, identifying that, but it is you, now you had a post on your Facebook page, right? About this recently. I did. Well, I actually, I mean, I just posted this it was a very beautiful picture of a person um nursing in a bathtub and um she has like the kind of like uh pastel kind of hair she looks like a mermaid and her <laughs> post is about um well i'll read it if you'd like me to yeah she says a, a chapter of my life is coming to a close after almost 4 years and two kids 
Post-weeding depression has hit me pretty hard. It's something not commonly talked about. It makes sense for how much time in my life I have put into this. So for anyone going through it, you are not alone. It's time I begin my treatment for MS and Scarlet is ready anyways. It's time and I don't say that lightly. I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the hardest and most rewarding things I've ever done. I've cried hard and I've laughed harder. I've never been more proud of something in my life. I've breastfed since day one through tongue tie, lip tie, late nights, cluster feeding, teething, and so much more. This journey has made me love myself so much more. I look at my body in such an amazing light because it has shown me what it was and still is capable of. Um, one's got, one of God's greatest gifts to this world is women. End quote. I didn't say that. Oh. She did. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so there was that post and the picture is really beautiful and I just put it up and to my surprise, I don't know why I was surprised, but all these people started commenting about, you know, sharing in the, um, experience of post-winning depression. Um, and I can read a few of the comments if we're interested in that. Yeah. I think it is great to know that other people have experienced this and it's yeah. not just some mysterious thing that might happen to you when you wean. Like, I think it's, really great to know that this is something that other people have experienced too. Yeah. Uh, so I'll read a few of the comments. Um, one person says, glad this is public because every time I come to the weaning stage, I felt I went through a little heartbreak. Like I've lost a part of my life just coming up on 10 months and don't plan on weaning soon, but it does make me sad to think about. Um, we are closer to the end than the beginning. Um, another person says, I definitely felt the post weaning depression when I weaned my son after 34 months, I was so ready to be done yet. My feelings caught me off guard. Thank you for increasing awareness. And I think that's really important to think about is like, like we already said, if you, even if you're ready, it can come as a surprise, you know, because there are so many aspects to it. Like we said, the hormonal and the emotional and the identity and all of this. Um, and it can come at any point. It doesn't have to come the day that you wean. You know, it can come months later. And then you think, well, it's not related. Or your doctor will say, well, that's not related because, you know, that was months ago. And, and it really can be related. Even, even in a, you know, delayed like that. Right. Don't let somebody tell you that you're not feeling what you're feeling. Ugh, it's so gross. I can't <laughs> believe it's still happening. How many times do people have to say this? I know. I know. Okay, another person says, going through it after almost 13 years of breastfeeding six babies. My four-year-old just stopped a few months ago before her fourth, fourth birthday. I miss the boobs. We still have lots of cuddles, but so many years put into being a milkmaid. And it's, you know, ap certainly after 13 years, but you don't have to breastfeed for 13 years for this to happen. It just becomes a part of your identity. It becomes, just as we were talking about last week, we were talking about like, I think it was last, I, whatever. We were talking <laughs> recently mentioning how like when you go on um, a trip that your baby, you know, people are afraid their baby's going to wean, but like your baby mm. associates breastfeeding with you. Like that's part of your relationship. And this same goes for us. Like we see, you know, we have a baby, we put so much into breastfeeding. It's really what you do most of the time. You know, you're breastfeeding day and night trying to figure it out. Then this whole empowerment thing comes through it. And then, and then the thought of that 
going away or, or as you experience that going away, it's like, well, how, what, but this is, this is part of our relationship. Like it's part of your relationship ends. A part of your relationship with your child, your very, very young child ends. And I, and I don't think that we like, like that's huge and it's devastating for some people. And of course we work through it and we create, you know, um, new aspects of our relationship and those things get replaced with new and, you know, some, you know, very fulfilling things, but a part of that ends. A part of that relationship ends. And that's such a big, huge thing. It really is. Yeah. I mean, like, I know that sounds so lame for me to go, yeah, it really is. But, like, there's not much else needs to be said about yeah. that. It, there's so much, you know, intertwined with this. And I know we've said before several times, like, sometimes, like, especially this, like, this post, the um, the original post, she went through a lot. And sometimes you go through so much with your baby to try to get into a breastfeeding relationship. Yes. That like you finally get going and it's like, oh my gosh, look where we are. And now it's time to stop. Well, yeah. And that, that was the same. I mean, like what that was like when I first had Jack, I was like, okay, I want to breastfeed for one year. It was like, that was the magic number for some reason in my head. I just got it in my head. Like, okay, we're going to do one year. But then we went through so much crap. But at, by the time I, we hit one year, I was like, why in the world would I stop nursing now? Why would I go through all of that to stop nursing now? Like, let's just go. And I let him wean. And to mention again, as somebody suggested I do, he nursed until he was six and a half years old. And Exley was five, you know, they, they went on, but I mean, you're, you're like, like some people do find that I wasn't like, I'm going to breastfeed super long just so I could be a weirdo. Like <laughs> I just found, you know, you just find yourself doing these things. Mm -hmm. You're like, before I would have had, before I had kids, I would have said breastfeeding a six-year-old was weird and gross until I found myself nursing a six-year-old and was just like, this is the least weird thing on the planet. And, you know, but yeah, I, you, you know, you find yourself in this situation doing this and a lot of people just become, it becomes so much a part of you that, you know, you, you, you don't want to stop. You don't, a lot of times you right. don't want to stop. So I have like a whole light bulb moment that I just had, but I think we oh, should do our okay. sponsors first and then we can talk about my light bulb moment. Hold that thought. I'm excited Hold your about light bulb. It. Okay. I will. Hold it above my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products. Original Sprout's newest addition to its family of vegan products is the Bundle of Joy. This is a woven basket full of Original Sprout products, swaddled in a white hand towel and fastened with a big chrome safety pin. The Bundle of Joy makes the perfect baby shower gift bundle or just a great way to say congratulations to the expecting parent in your life or yourself. With a retail value of over $135, is now being offered at the introductory price of $74.99. But as a Badass Breastfeeder listener, you get to take an additional 25% off of that introductory price. So head to originalsprout.com. Use promo code BADASS on this bundle of joy and you'll get it for $56.25. Uh, that's a total save, total savings of $60, making it affordable as a gift of clean and safety tested personal care products for those that you care about. So BADASS 
code badass uh, at originalsprout.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Imani and breastpumps.com. Helping parents everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani I1 Dual Breast Pump, featuring the quietest motor on the market. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output, as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. Whether pumping from one breast or both, this smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, Massage and Express, include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free, find out why Imani USA products are trusted by over 46 million parents around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, visit ImaniUSA.com, that's I-M-A-N-I-U-S-A, and use code BADASS for 25% off of your order. Or you can head to breastpumps.com forward slash Imani and place an order with your insurance benefits. And our sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you're listening from. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So what I'm thinking here is I just kind of realized, like, I know we talk about a lot how people don't really appreciate that breastfeeding is more than just food, right? We always, we always tell you like, it's a relationship. Yeah. Um, it's connection. There is really more to it than just feeding your baby. And this is proof of that. Like, this is proof that, you know, your body is so intertwined with this, that your hormones will actually change when you stop breastfeeding. Um, and you know, you feel this, you feel, you feel the effects of not doing it anymore. And you feel, you know, that, some people really do get that, you know, sadness of like, oh my gosh, it's like the end of an era. Like it really does. Like you said, it ends kind of like who you are, the place you are in parenting at that point. So it kind of made me think of like further on down the line. And this is kind of where I am in my life right now, where like my kids are, I'm not like an empty, you know, they call it like an empty nest when your kids go to college and you're kind of like, and everybody calls it like that. Like everybody knows that that's what that's called, right? Like empty nester. Oh, you're an empty nester now, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, and I'm not quite there because I still have two kids that live at home, but they really are doing their own thing. Like they're just kind of come and go. They're not here all the time. Um, If they are, if they are here a lot of times, my husband will be like, Hey Jess, you want to come watch TV with us? And she's like, no, goes upstairs into her room. You know, it's like a whole thing. Like (laughs) they just, they're doing their own thing, right? They're working, they're, you know, they're in school. But why it's the same kind of idea just with older kids, right? Like my parenting life, my parenting journey is completely changed. They don't need me like they did. They don't need me to drive them places anymore. They don't need me to give them money while my kid away at college does. But the other, you know, like the other ones, they don't need me to give them money. It's like, they don't need anything from me. They need emotional support from me, but they don't need me the way they used to. And that's a huge, like, that's hard. Like, that's really hard when you get to that point of your parenting where you're like, oh my gosh, my kids are like, they don't really need me. And there's a whole name for that. And people call it empty nesters. And there's like, you know, Facebook pages about it. And there's all this stuff. And people know that it's a thing. That's really no different than this postpartum weaning. 
because it's changing, like it's changing your whole, the way you do your parenting now in a way, you know, and people will say that like, they're like, well, now that, you know, I've, that the baby's weaned, like how, how are they going to go to sleep? What do I do when they're upset? What happens when, you know, I, I need to like have that connection with them. Like, what do I do? Because that's all we did. It's like, it is so not recognized as being such a huge part of parenting. It really, it really is not recognized like that. But when your kid goes to school, everybody's like, oh my God, like everybody's like, you know, about ready to, you know, come over and sit with you while you mourn. But other than that, like it's, you wean, everybody's like, oh, it was time anyway. What are you worried about? You should be, your kid shouldn't be breastfeeding anymore anyway. Yeah. Right. It's a huge part of, it just changes the way you parent. Well, yeah. And I mean, parenting changes us, especially like the birthing and the breastfeeding parent. Like you, I mean, for me, I quit my job, which was my Mm. huge whole identity before that. I completely quit that. You know, I started doing something completely different. A lot of people change careers. A lot of people end careers. A lot of people, you know, uh, go through these massive changes. And so your identity, your whole entire identity does change. And, um, you know, we expect people to put all of themselves into parenting, but then when there's a reaction to something changing, people are like, Oh God, just, you know, just be happy. Just be good with it. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's so, (laughs) it's so silly. It really, it's so weird. weird. And I know that when my, like I kind of almost felt so strange to say, but I almost kind of felt like this might have even started for me, like the post weaning depression thing, um, when my kids started solids, because I really oh, yeah. like I was so I because I I really kind of dragged my feet on it because I was like I was re- I was so proud of the fact that I was I was responsible for their nourishment. Like, I was so proud of that. I was so proud that, like, my body was feeding them. The milk that my body was making was making them grow. Like, I was so, I would love to look at them sitting there playing and being like, I did that. You know, like, nobody could take credit for that but me. I did that. And then I knew that when they started solids, that that would be gone. Well, it's not really gone, but like, that's how it felt. It felt like that part was going to be over, that I could no longer take responsibility for their, their good health and for their happiness and for, you know, like for their growth, because now something else was in the mix and it was no longer just us. Now there's other foods involved. And I really didn't. And I also was one of those, and maybe it's, you know, kind of strange too, for people to, to think of, but I didn't really like anybody else giving them bottles either because I was like, yeah, I, feeding is my job. That's what I do. I'm making the milk. I'm feeding them. Like that was really, and, that, and that's coming from like, I stayed at home with them too. It wasn't like I was gone all day and now I wanted to come home and like, that was our reconnect. It was like, I, that's really how I felt about it. I really felt like this is, this is what I'm doing and this is what it's doing for them. And I was just really proud of that. Um, but I really kind of feel like that started for me when, you know, when um we started, when we were supposed to start solids. Cause I remember even feeling like, I don't want to start solids. I don't want to give them anything else. I only want them to have the milk. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't do that forever. I had to eventually give them something. (laughs) 
So I did. They say, oh you know, if you don't wean them, though, that they'll breastfeed till they're in college. So, oh know. yeah, yeah. My Good kid thing. in West Virginia comes home every weekend for you know <laughs> for nursing. <laughs> for nursing, comes um, home to nurse every weekend. Yeah, I have a few more comments from the internet. If we would like Ooh, to revisit awesome. some of those, I have a few more. Yes. Um, this person says depression is something I worry about when it comes time to wean. I've been breastfeeding for five and a half years straight and probably will for at least another two years. So it has become a part of me. When I lose that, I feel like I will lose a part of me. I love this picture and I love what you wrote. So beautiful and honest. Hugs to you, mama, in your next chapter. And another person says, I love this picture. I feel it all the time. I feel it all the time that I will never be pregnant again, never give birth again, and never breastfeed again. Those moments brought me so much joy, but that time in my life is over and I kind of mourn it. But I need to be happy in this time of my life with my five beautiful kids. Mm. And the next person says, beautiful post. And the mother in me agrees with every word here. I love my body um, that much more ever since I understood how much more it is capable of doing and all that for another heart. More power to all of us mothers. And yes, weaning can be equally tough for mothers. It was certainly tough for me. Stay strong and you shall stride through this. Um, yeah, so people are going through it, mm-hmm. and we're not talking about it. No, and or people they really, are trying to talk about it, and people it's, people really understand. Like this is a this is a you know a huge transition. Um, and I think too one of the other things like and we've you know we've got episodes on weaning, um, but even when you're ready, but maybe your baby's not, we don't really consider how that impacts your baby, um. But yeah, the the post weaning depression thing, like it's just, I mean, you might feel like, gosh, I feel worse than I did when I first had the baby and I thought I had postpartum depression, you know, like it, yeah. but sometimes these things really do creep up. Like maybe you're, you know, can creep up into like the first year, the second year. Um, I don't know who that, where that therapist got her training that Abby knew that said that in six months, oh your hormones God. should be like back to normal. It was normal. so weird. It is weird. Yeah. And I feel like she had like this, like a. Like us, like she specialized in postpartum like stuff. I don't know. It's very strange. That is strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I do find myself like telling, um, almost like trying to educate providers too, because sometimes I'll have a provider come to me and say, oh, you know, I've got a patient that wants to wean um, or that's, you know, that is weaning. And, you know, babies, I just had this not too long ago, babies, um, 15 months and mom's weaning, but, you know, um, still, you know, not really not feeling that great with it or still feeling a little full at times. Like, what do we do to just dry things up? And it's like, we can't just dry things up. Like, that's not, I'm not even worried about because everybody goes, oh my gosh, I'm, what if I get mastitis? What if I'm weaning and I get too full and I get mastitis? It's like, that's not even my biggest concern. My biggest concern is you're going to stop breastfeeding and plummet into this dark hole. That's my bigger concern for people. Yeah. It's not even like, okay, you're going to be a little uncomfortable for a couple of days. You might get a plug duct here or there while your body is like trying to readjust to milk supply. It's more of like your body going, what what the hell happened to the baby? Where's the baby well, we were feeding? Isn't there, yeah. I mean, and isn't there some sort, I know that I've read, um, and I'm going to have to speak on this without it in front of me. Um, because it's just coming to me right now. But I know that there has been like literature written about how when you 
don't, if you choose not to breastfeed, you know, you have your baby, you're just like, I'm not going to breastfeed. Um, and so you deal with whatever you deal with there, or at some point and you just stop abruptly that your body thinks the baby died. I've read that too. And so it has this like physiological reaction to like the death of a baby. And of course, yeah, and they would- thought that was why it was linked to because they do think that higher levels of postpartum depression are linked to people that do not breastfeed at all or like early yeah. cessation of breastfeeding. Yeah, right. Um, and this but is of course, all- there's all of that like, oh, is it because of breastfeeding so hard that people are depressed or is it because it didn't work out for them that they're depressed or, you know, is it? I think it's hormones, especially if it's early, early on, like you're having a hormonal reaction. Your body just feels like your body just thinks that the baby's gone. Well, if you think about it, like we're, I mean, we're mammals, right? And we know Mm -hmm. that other mammals in life, you know, they, if they, if they don't have, you know, if their baby dies, I was just reading this um, for another, for um, our episode that we did on um stress that there was this all this research that was done with like with rats that the stress and depression levels like they they tested the hormone levels on these rats yeah. after like if the baby died and or if their whole litter died or whatever and you know like what their stress levels and, and depression levels look at and they're like this is how you know they were kind of gauging postpartum depression based on this and it's like it is a hormonal thing it's not because like, oh, okay, you know, my baby, it's, it's hormonal. Yes. But those hormones are what keep you close to your baby too. That oxytocin that flows when you're breastfeeding, that is what connects you and keeps you close with your baby. That is why we say like, oh, it's this great bonding hormone. And nobody's mm-hmm. saying that if you don't breastfeed, you're not going to bond with your baby because we know you will. Like, and people say that all the time. Well, I didn't breastfeed and I bonded just fine. Yes, of you course. absolutely will. Yeah. But there are definitely some hormonal things happening there that are just natural like that just happens like you can't control it and i think you know if you don't like your body physiologically expects to go through these certain phases and when it doesn't happen then you you feel the effects of it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's just it's crazy right and i think like as far as weaning goes so like i i i to this is a huge generalization because i don't think it's necessarily like but the earlier that you wean i would say the more drastic the hormonal response would be yes. that you're dealing with mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, and i i think that is because um and of course i'm just kind of like speculating kind of going off not just my own personal experience but what i know about the weaning process that the further you go, like if you kind of like let your child wean on their own or their child just kind of your baby just kind of like naturally weans on their own, um, they're they're automatically we- like feeding less and less and less and less as days go by. Right. We know that that's what they do, which tells your body, let's make less milk. Let's make less milk. Let's make less milk. And it gives it gives your body a chance to slowly stop milk production, which is going to help those hormones come down in a normal like in a, in a more realistic speed. Gradual. For lack of yeah. a better word. Yeah, yeah. that gradual. Um, but if you're just all of a sudden, like your baby's only like three or four months old, you're breastfeeding eight times a day and you're like, okay, I want to, I need to stop breastfeeding because I'm taking this medication and you just stop. I mean, your body is like, comes to this screeching halt and is like, 
everything just shuts, you know, just like stops and shuts down and alters. Um, and that's a lot more for your body to have to to deal with, I think, than if it just kind of gradually is like, la, 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 we're just kind of like yeah. going along on this Sunday drive, slowing down, right. slowing down, <laughs> slowing down. And then, you know, as opposed to like just, you know, slamming on the brakes. Yeah. Um, it's It's just, yeah, like it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. And if you have to and you really want to, then certainly do that. And this is just, this is information. So mm-hmm. expect this. Be prepared that if you are weaning early, if, you, if you're weaning abruptly um, for some reason, if you've been advised to wean abruptly, then um, double check because a lot of times the, the information we're given about medication or surgeries or something like that is totally wrong. M- most of the time you don't have to wean because of any of that. Right. Um, but if you can, uh, you know, wean gradually if you can wean later you know if you can let your your child nurse uh for longer um time and i think that that if you can wean like on your own terms you know if you're like okay you know i wanted to nurse this long or you know if if you're being pressured to wean or something like that and and you feel like pressured into it i do think that your reaction is going to be more dramatic right i think there is going to be more stress involved yeah yeah you weren't ready and if you and and by the way don't let anyone tell you that it's not okay to not be ready because if you are not ready for that nursing relationship to end that is fine because your baby's happy (laughs) you know your baby will nurse for as long as you know, I know that there's nursing strikes and there are like weaning early things that happen like that. But generally, your baby is just going to nurse until you say not to, or, or if you never say not to, they will, they will eventually stop on their own. Um, but what was I saying? <laughs> oh, if you want to like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like if you're, you know, if somebody kind of encourages you to, oh, not yeah, if you're like, anymore. if you're being pressured to wean, um. If you, you know, you're going to have a more of a reaction than if you are, if you are, if you're doing it on your own terms and it's okay to do it on your own terms. You're part of this too. It's two people, you and the baby. And Mm -hmm. it's okay for you to, to go on, you know, what, what you are comfortable with. And if you're not ready, then, then you're not ready. End of story. Yeah. And don't let people tell you just quit cold turkey. I hear that all the time. My pediatrician yeah. told me just quit told cold turkey. And I was like, no, that is not do that. good for anyone. No. Um, another thing I like to make sure people know is like, maybe you do have it in your head. If you're one of those people who's like, I'm going to, you know, our breastfeeding journey is going to end in a year. I want to try to have another baby. I want to get my life back, whatever your plan is. If you indeed have a stop date in mind that you are hard pressed on, which is fine then reach out to a lactation consultant to find out how to get to that goal safely. Um, Because if you get to, you know, if you're like, I want to breastfeed for 12 months and you get to that 12 month mark and you're still breastfeeding, you know, four or five times a day, you can't just like, like I said, you can't just like put the brakes on and stop. So you want to get, you know, start that weaning down process sooner. Um, if you have a goal in mind and I did have this happen, like I do have it happen quite a bit, but somebody who was like, all right, I want to be done by February because I 
need to start the process of getting going through IVF and getting pregnant again and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we want to start by this date. So it's like, okay, then we're going to start, you know, in January, weaning down feeds, you know, whatever the, the plan is. But you have, you have to start, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time if you really have a date that you're looking towards to be the end of your breastfeeding relationship. Um, don't get to that year and be like, well, I thought we were just going to be done today. Because it yeah. might not happen yeah. that day. Like yeah. we need to And then you have like a party with a cake and today's the day we stop, but that's not today's the day we start weaning back, not the day we yeah. completely stop. So yeah. we might and, need and to start weaning back sooner if that's Yeah. The case. And I love the episode on boundaries because mm. that is a great way to start. People will say, like, how do I wean? And I just I'm like, just so you know, this is a gradual process. And start with learning about how to create some boundaries. Um, and we do have an episode on that. Mm-hmm. And um, you basically just work on that and you can just use those tips and tricks all the way until, you know, the uh, nursing sessions are done. Yeah. Or yes. some people are just like, I need to wean. And then they get halfway through and they're like, OK, this is manageable. Yeah. You know, I'm about down, down about half of what I had been nursing. And so I feel like this is OK. I, 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 I would not have nursed six and a half years without boundaries yeah that was not just like an on the demand boob party that's not (laughs) how that happened that happened with boundaries and with like making it a manageable situation for me yeah so yeah so thanks for listening thank you and good luck and let us know you know like if you want to let us know your thoughts on it too like this facebook post great we'd love to hear it yeah so Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.